Record what? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Is this a cast or are we just hanging out? I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> a little yeah. bit of everything. Wingman's Garage. I'm Crystal Wingman. Daniel the Track Rat. This is episode 46. 46. 46. And uh, we're doing the exclusive audio only because we apparently suck at technology. Uh, We have some guests here that don't suck at technology. No. They're (laughs) a lot better at this than us. Yes. So, yeah. Um, And we're actually very pleased to have our special guests here. Um, we were super excited when, uh, they reached out to us a couple of weeks or about a month or so ago. Surprised the shit out of me. Yeah. I know that. Uh, but without much ado, um, we've got in one corner here, we have Alex and on the other corner, we have Ian. Yep. Yo. And in the blue corner, weighing in at 272 pounds. You missed your calling. Fan the cat. Whatever. Um. Thank you, Ian. So, everyone knows, at least that listens to us on a regular basis, knows us, the two idiots here. So, uh, uh, guys, let's, uh, let's talk about you because you're the star of the show today. Um, who wants to start first? Oh, shut up. Let's pick one. Okay. Don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sure. Pick me. All right, Alex. All right, Alex. One, two, three, go. All right. So, All right. stage is yours. Um, who are you? What do you ride? And, um, What's your favorite pizza topping? Oh, shut up. Oh, you're going to hate my answer. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my name is Alex. Last name, Archangelski. It's cool name. unspellable. <laughs> uh, 13 letters long, thanks to my Russian parents. There you go. Does not fit on a standard Cintron, so high school was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you pizza got your name out of the way quick, though. Uh, yeah, definitely. I ride a uh, 1999 Honda VFR. I think we see that in the background, actually. Is I, that it? Uh, yes. There it oh, is. It's, it's the fox eye headlight one, too. Oh, that's the good one. Yeah. Yes. It's not the goofy VTech looking one that they did. You're right. Yeah, the VTech one was next. So, yeah. Thanks to Ian. Uh, he, he made that suggestion. I was like, I need a new bike, man. What do I get? He was just like, you need to get this bike. Yes, very absolutely. Cool. That's one of those bikes that it's, I've it's, always wanted to do. Like, I'm going to jump on a VFR and I'm going to take a two-month vacation and just ride two track days, do track yeah. days, and leave. Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then drive away with a tank bag. Yeah. <laughs> After embarrassing everybody? No, I probably embarrassed myself, honestly. But anyway, sorry <laughs> for interrupting you, Alex. No, it's totally cool. And then uh, I was kind of hoping to ignore the pizza topping question since I just switched to a, a plant-based diet. Oh, you're good. No. <laughs> hey. Eggplant. Egg, put eggplant on a pizza. Who cares? <laughs> We don't, we don't judge. That's, that's what happens when you live in, you know, you turn into a vagina terrier. <laughs> nah, you, well, no, no, it's yeah. all good. Trust but me, it's better than some of the crazies I had to deal with in Central Florida this past week, so don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> that's a whole different level of redneck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Ian, what about you? Uh, let's see. Who are you? What do you ride? And, um. Uh, don't do that. Alfredo or shut up. I'm going to slap you. 
I'm hungry. What can I say? Uh, my name is Ian Dunn, and uh, I'm here in Minneapolis. Um, I am an industrial designer and uh, work for Polaris at the moment. Um, and I ride a KTM RC8R. Oh, you don't. Stuff. That's awesome. I've had a couple of friends of mine race those, so they're. Yeah, I've drooled yeah, over a few. Uh, it's an XAFM race bike, so there's pictures of it somewhere, like, upside down at Laguna. Oh, no. <laughs> Ouch. And then I just put it back to street bike, because that's, you know, super smart, right? Race yeah. bike to street bike. Absolutely. Of course, yeah. Actually, my, one of my KTM stories, I was doing a track day at Little Talladega, and one of the instructors was on a really nice, nice RC8R, and he just kind of blipped it real hard at first, and apparently either it stuck, or he blipped it a lot harder than he thought and looped it. <laughs> on the way to pit lane, to leave, to be an instructor. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> we had a really, really good laugh at his expense on that one. And this thing was yeah. gorgeous. It was done up like the uh, the uh, IDM bike or whatever, the German net super yeah. bike. Oh, wow. Oh, this thing was beautiful. And I was just like, you jackass. What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, anyway. They're a little unwieldy. They definitely like being on that rear wheel. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they're torquey. Tons yeah. of fun. They are torquey and tons of fun. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, since... What, go ahead. All right. So now that we kind of have a gist of everyone, uh, you represent a very, a very bright, shining future for the motorcycle industry. Um, we had originally heard about you through another podcast. They know who they are because we talk about them all the time. Um, but just listening to you talk about your company and your product, uh, you really got some fans out of us. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you are doing. Anyone of you. <laughs> is Alex frozen in that position? Yep. Yeah. Alex He'll be back in a second. So give me the gist of it. There he is. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> he goes like, oh my god, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> These guys are really good at technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault. It's the connection's fault. Yes. I, yes. I blame the interwebs. Yes. yes. <laughs> always. Always blame the interwebs for everything. Sarah, you want to give them a gist of the, uh, the product? Yes. The gist of the product. Here we go. Boom. That is Holy amazing. shit, that's bright. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I'll melt your face off. No, it's... Uh, that's yeah, this um, Point. <laughs> any type of helmet. It's got some pretty snazzy-looking lights inside. It's... uh. They're super thin, super flat, so the whole unit's pretty sleek. Wow, yeah, that's a lot. That's that's a lot thinner that comes across in some of the pictures on the Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, some pictures take a little bit beefy, but uh, yeah, yeah, by hand. Wow, yeah, yeah that's sad. Sides there. I mean, that's not much thicker yeah. than an iPhone in a case. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, really, there's a battery in the middle. That's uh, you know, that's why you got to get around. But the sides are really, really hugged down there. Yeah, I mean that's pretty thin. The only, uh, the only big part is, like Ian said, it's the battery, because it's pretty hard to hide a cylinder on a helmet. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> One of these bad boys. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. Is it a, you guys are obviously using LiPo or something like that? Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's rechargeable. It will last you at least uh, a good solid eight hours of riding. It's got different modes. So you can have it on like this, basically, where it's kind of like a tail light of a yeah. car, where it's this brightness, where you think it's bright, but then it gets a lot brighter. Jesus, Damn. God. 
So yeah, when it detects breaking anytime, it, you know, it's got sensors built inside. So essentially okay. anytime it detects that you're slowing down, whether it's engine braking, um, downshifting, or you're using the levers or the pedal to slow down, the brake lights come on and it also can tell how fast you're slowing down. So if you're jamming on the brakes and you slam on the brakes really hard, it'll actually do this like bright, uh, blinking pattern where it's going to cool. grab the attention of the drivers a lot more than it would normally. So this thing is visible for, I don't know, I, I feel like you could probably see this from well over a mile yeah, right. at night and probably about a half a mile at, at, uh, during daytime. We should probably do some uh, serious testing and figure that out exactly. But it's definitely brighter than most uh, motorcycle taillights. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think it's probably brighter than most brake lights on cars too. I mean, just, and, um, yeah. That's kind of one of the things that doesn't come across in some of the, uh, the shots, you know, because when you're taking, taking a shot of the camera, you know, the, the light just maximizes everything and, you know, it kind of like knocks it down a little bit so you can kind of see it, you know, when you see it live and you see it in the webcam, it just like the light fills up the whole screen, you know, it's, uh, it's very visible in daytime. That's kind of. Right. So if you want daytime, if you want distance testing, I have access to right at a 1.2 mile front straight. So, cause I, I corner work. I'm one of the crazies that track days that if you crash, I'm the one that gets to go play Frogger. So I can go up to like, the local track that we just helped open up in Bowling Green about two, three years ago. The front straight's 1.2 miles. I'll get somebody to stand there at the end and I'll go back over. It's like, can I see it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. There's your distance. <laughs> So, just a mile. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, I, ta- I top my S1000R every lap around there. So, right. So, basically, for anyone who's uh, listening to the song and the audio version of the podcast, which will be just about everybody, yeah. Uh, what we're looking at here is a helmet-mounted um, brake warning system. Uh, they've done an incredible job of making this thing streamlined, uh, making it lightweight. And it's making it look, making like it look it's really good, something actually. you would want. It's not one of yeah. these hack jobs. It actually looks like something that should be on the helmet to begin with. Yeah. So, um, it's, and you guys 3D scanned a ton of different helmets, right? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have, uh, since I'm an industrial designer, you know, we have, uh, access to kind of 3D equipment and yeah. we're sketching all day. So, you know, we, a lot of the products out there and kind of, Bike lights and stuff, you know, it's, it's very small and you can get certainly small LEDs, but you know, the footprint, the, you know, the back of the helmet, you kind of want to maximize that because you think of, you know, think of a car's tail light yeah. compared to your, you know, your tiny little motorcycle. So, you know, we're just trying to get that thing as big as possible and as flat as possible. Yeah. I'm making it. But, but yeah, so like, you know, the big things about it is obviously it, it has all the sensors in it. So it's going to detect your decel, you know, even when you're just hitting the brakes or when you're just you know, hitting the downshift and. You know, most of the guys like me, like, you know, you ride big V-twin and, uh, I think probably half the time I'm decelerating, I'm not even touching the brakes, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you get so much engine braking and because that, you know, because it'll pick up that, that deceleration, it's going to come on, alert everybody around you, kind of make you safer. The other thing is that, you know, it's, it's up nice and high. Um, you know, I kind of, I'm on both sides of the fence where I'm a bike designer. So I try to make all, all the bike lights look really tiny and then I want to kind of keep you safe too. So we made our, made our unit a little bit beefy and, so it's your really fault all the taillights are getting small. Thanks, dude. Appreciate that. <laughs> but they look so good. <laughs> it's your fault. They look so good. Especially on like the RC8. Oh, the RC8's yeah. ass looks so good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's a Brazilian. It's the Brazilian uh, line. But yeah, realistically, again, 
what you guys are doing, I've seen other helmet-mounted brake systems, and they look really cheesy, and you've got to wire them to the bike, and they're cumbersome. Personally, I don't wear heated riding gear because I hate being tethered to the bike. Uh, So something like that's never interested me. Uh, Actually seeing the design of the brake free uh, and how it mounts, and again, using accelerometers and your sensors, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about any kind of connection to the bike at all. So, I mean, you can jump off. Some of us have multiple bikes. Jump on yeah. one bike, get on the other, and still be Exactly. Um, yeah, a lot of those products, you know, some you got a normal electronic system, or you got a CAN bus, you got this. And there's, there's 20 different things out there, so it's really hard to wire some of that stuff in. And most people don't want to be splicing stuff into their looms. So. Right, right, because that's just trying to make it all-inclusive and easy. You know, you just charge it, put it on your helmet, and go. Is the charging port, is it the, is it like a micro SD or is it like just a regular USB or? Yeah, it's just a little micro USB. Cool. Oh, yeah. There. That's tiny. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's just a smartphone as long as it's an Android. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks. Oh, yeah, gotcha. whatever. Well, <laughs> sorry, I've got sorry, Android yeah. in the house, so it's okay. <laughs> I have an Apple phone too. It's, you know, yeah. it doesn't work. Oh, we can always start that war, but no. No, that's, <laughs> that's a different that's podcast. That's a different podcast for a different time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what kind of led you to the creation of the Break Free? It, what, does it have an official name for the unit? I know there's been some talk about it. I know that there's been many names floated out there. I yeah. think that it started out with calling this thing Break Free, but then we've named the company Break Free Technologies. So there's been like, well, we should probably name this thing something else other than Break Free. But I think we're sticking with Break Free for this. Okay. Cause it makes sense. Uh, I kind of like, uh, honestly, on the Misfits podcast, that was pretty funny, like trying to name that product. That yeah, was, that was, I was actually yeah. listening to that at lunch just to reprep for everything. And I'm like, I'm sort of listening to this. I go, oh, please tell me they've come up with something better than this. And as much <laughs> as I love everybody out there, I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> come on. The BTFO yeah. is a great name. That was a good one, though. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. It was, uh, the back the fuck off. Oh, however. Yeah. Back the fuck off number one. <laughs> yeah. Or the uh, iBreak 3000R. Yeah, right. <laughs> it turns into like the Top Gear episode where they did the electric car, the Eagle Eye Thrust Jeff or whatever. <laughs> yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah. So, well, so break free it is. Right, yeah, cool. Break free. break free. That's awesome. Definitely. Um, yeah. I have a question for Ian. Since you are yeah. the designer of the group. Slightly off topic. Slightly off topic, but I... You said you would work for KTM, you're working for Polaris as a designer and everything, and this question yep. popped into my head immediately. Why the fuck can't Japanese manufacturers make a good-looking naked bike? It's, uh, it's, it's a weird market. Yeah. Um, a lot of companies have different processes, a lot of stuff gets focus-grouped, and, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, what what kind of, like, the people's favorites are and the ones you see in the blogs don't necessarily sell all the time. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I got an RC8. You know how horrible those things sell? Oh, nobody like, bought them, but they're fantastic. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it looks gorgeous. So, yeah. you know, it's usually the designer's job to kind of, you know, try to hit the middle, make the sales number. Every once in a while, you know, a company will just release something that's, like, absolutely batshit crazy, and that's yeah. the most fun time for me. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Japanese are not the best on the naked sport, right? I give you I, I case in point the FZ10 and FZ9 the current FZ09 at that the FZ09 yeah. God it looks terrible and <laughs> last year's uh, Z1000 yeah, no, yeah not the best but uh, actually 
very recently, uh, Yamaha has done a big old talent grab from uh, internally in the design world. So, oh really? I think Yamaha's going to start stepping it up here in the next few years. I mean, it's usually about a three to four year lead time when it comes to you know back end of the process development. So, okay, yeah, I those were heard it here first. Those were kind of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because again, I heard I was like, I've got to ask somebody that will actually understand, right? Because <laughs> that that's been one of his biggest complaints oh, ever. It's like, why do they? Make such hideous bikes. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I'm I'm a naked guy. I love naked bikes. I mean, I love a good like strip down race bike all day. But I'm it's really fun embarrassing people on that when you're on a naked. That's really <laughs> yeah. fun, right? I think they're getting more popular too. You know, you're seeing like Super Dukes and S1000Rs and you know all that stuff kind of coming to the forefront. Where yeah, in the past it used to be very polarized, or it was just a sport bike. It's just between. Right. I mean, you know, America's such a big market. But we're still very polarized. So, you know, if you, you want more interesting bikes, tell your friends. If you like bikes, don't just get a sport bike. You know, don't just go out and get your Suzuki or your yeah. Street Glide. Mm-hmm. Pick something in between. Pick your weird little niche. Yeah. And, Find uh, something yeah. that's just cool, that that's different. And that's how yeah. we get it. I mean, yeah. it's taken close to 13 years for uh, standard or naked bikes to really hit big. I mean, yeah. the first yeah. naked bike I can ever really remember was the... Uh, the SV650 and um, the original Z1000. Yep. Back in 2003. Started taking off with like the first monster. Yeah. It started right. a little bit more popular. You know, speed trip poles and all that good stuff. I mean, people are kind of realizing that, you know, sport bikes are great, but you don't necessarily want to be hunched down all day. And no. You know, no. Big no. bars and just get all kinds of crazy and they're super fun. It's a whole lot more, it's a whole lot easier to wheelie those things. Co- co- it is, yeah. <laughs> I can't Maybe, maybe taking the fairings off the RCA for the, uh, for the street and then, you know, throwing it back off the track, just having a big nasty, like, man, it's essentially a super duke, right? Right. Yeah, big right. nasty cafe fighter would be fantastic. <laughs> Evil duke. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. There we go. But alright, cool. Um, hang on. So. Anybody asking any questions? Nothing yet. Okay. Um, so, okay, so Alex, you're out on the West Coast. Yep. Okay. I'm in San Jose. San Jose, okay. Um, comparatively, because I know Ian's probably frozen. Um, <laughs> how many ride? I mean, how many days are you riding? Are you riding every day? Or are you commuting back and forth to work and that kind of stuff? Or well, considering my work's inside of my garage right oh, now. Oh well, <laughs> you can ride. You can do a big burnout in the garage and just do a circle. That's your commute. So you know, do some dead boys. And yeah, come right. dead boys. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Surprisingly, I haven't been riding as much as I would like to, just because of all the work and all the stuff that it takes to prepare. A, Indiegogo campaign and like all the work that we've been doing up until this point. Um, I have, I I went for a ride yesterday and the day before and the day before that, but that was just to get some shots and then just uh, like one of them was for fun. The other two were just to grab some uh, photos of break free. Gotcha. Uh, So, but I mean, you can't complain about weather here. You know, honestly, I think you only miss like maybe 10, 20 days a year. Right. Must be nice. I I used to enjoy weather like that once upon a time. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Anyway. It's only like one and a half seasons here. It's like nice and kind of nice. Right. Yeah, and kind of rains for like maybe a few weeks and then it just goes back to <laughs> super nice. <laughs> Meanwhile, right, Ian's know. got nine months of winter followed by three months of bad sledding. Yeah. <laughs> well, the stupid thing is I used to live in the bay, so I used to ride, you know, every single day and commute. Right. My dumbass had to move to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about that. <laughs> good job, buddy. Yeah. Very well, good. When break free makes it huge, you can move back out here and we can uh, split my garage. 
There we go. <laughs> there you <he> go. <laughs> hey, there might not be enough room for all the bikes. We'll have to uh, camp outside. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Camp. What's this? Thing? Give me a sleeping bag and a pillow. I'm good. <laughs> Who needs a tent? So I guess the question is, um, what brought about the creation of the Break Free? What what inspired you to do this? Well, I'm guessing that's uh, Alex's question, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, well for uh, for me, like, uh, let's see. So I've been riding since I was 20 years old. I got kicked out of my parents' house for when I got my first bike. They found out that I uh, got a bike after I totaled my car. And oh. they're like, you know what, it's either the bike or um, or you can go. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go. So I <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> that was kind of the beginning. So then after I moved out, I, uh, I was still in college, completed college. I started working with um, – after I graduated, I got this um, opportunity to work with an entrepreneur who is um, – you know, a product developer, he's done all kinds of stuff in his career. He's kind of towards the end of his career, I think. Uh, he's in his 70s. And uh, he was looking for somebody to mentor and for somebody to be an intern under him to, to kind of show the ropes of how the product product line or product development works. And so I was lucky enough to start working with him. And uh, one of his products that he was working on or that he wanted me to help him with was this autonomous brake light. But what it was is it's for a car. It was going to be like okay. this bar of lights that he envisioned would have either a sensor or something that detects extreme levels of deceleration where it would flash the brake light if you slammed in your, slammed in your brakes to warn the other drivers that you're slowing down more than you normally are. With just your brake lights turned on, because you can't really tell how fast you're slowing down when your lights run. So, uh, so that was his idea, and then I started to do some market research. And uh, long story shorter, I came to the conclusion that there's really not a huge market for something like that for cars, because most car drivers feel pretty safe in their cage, and um, there's plenty of lights already out there. And there's some products that kind of try and do something similar, plus putting something inside of a car that you know. It's, a crash would just be a flying projectile inside the car would just be a bad idea. I told him, you know, like, listen, I think as a motorcycle rider myself, like I think it makes way more sense for motorcycle riders just from my own experience of riding, uh, commuting to school, uh, on the local freeways here that are just jam packed with cars. You know, it's like, I feel like I'm invisible. I feel like cars are out to get me. Like right. there needs to be something that looks better than the gear that's out there currently like so why don't we try and adopt this technology or this product to motorcycle riders it just makes sense so uh that's essentially how the idea started um from that point we then tried to figure out what shape this thing should take should it be uh something that goes on a jacket or is it something that's part of some gear is it an attachment to the helmet is it part of the bike so with this like super vague idea, we started to go to different dealerships and different um, meetups and uh, different trade shows and just trying to get an idea from people that are in the industry, whether or not it's something that's actually necessary or if it's something that, you know, is nice to have, but not really that useful. And so um, I made a list of all these motorcycle dealerships that I was going to visit. Um, and I went to one of them, which is in Mountain View. It's called Calmoto. Uh, they sell Triumphs, BMWs, and yeah. uh, I always forget the third one. They're but anyway. Triumphs, but Triumph. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just so happened to meet me as I was uh, working part-time there and filling in the gaps between the design stuff. So, 
it just so happened to meet an industrial designer and said, yeah, I can, uh, I can do this. And, <laughs> it's like, what's, like, what are the odds? Right. <laughs> Serendipity. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Good work. Yeah, I got super lucky. I mean, like, what are the chances that you're going to meet a world-class designer work, walking into a, a motorcycle dealership, you know? Right. So, yeah, so that, that was a lot of luck. So that's how I was born. Ian and I teamed up. We started to work on this project together. We really wanted to make it completely wireless. That was something that um, was important to both of us. We didn't want to make something that you'd have to wire into the motorcycle, something that's cumbersome, something that um, requires you to, you know, for a hundred dollar accessory, possibly ruin the entire wiring system of your bike. Like to us, it was a big thing that we wanted to make it completely wireless. And, uh, we noticed that nobody else was doing something like that. We quickly realized that why something like that doesn't exist because it's freaking hard to make, uh, <laughs> something that mounts to a helmet that can cancel out your head motions and all that other stuff that you do while you're riding right. and all you detect braking. Like that was not a trivial problem. It appears to be something that's very simple to do, but to me like, Oh, you know, I'm going to make a cool product. Let's let's, uh, how hard could it be to make a blinky light? Right. So <laughs> apparently it's freaking hard. Yeah. And, um, so we had to go and find a way to make this completely wireless, which is another big undertaking. So my other co-founder, his name is Johan. Uh, I eventually found him after searching high and low for people that know how to work with sensors, that understand robotics, that understand coding. So we were looking for a very specific type of person. And luckily, I came across this guy who was willing to work with us. And he's super cool and uh, totally gets the product. Um, he unfortunately does not ride, but he can appreciate what we're doing. And uh, I'm pretty sure with you guys involved, portable. that could probably change. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's likely. It's likely we're working on that. So, yeah, I mean, he was able to uh, come up with this algorithm that's basically able to cancel out pretty much everything other than slowing down. And uh, I think that was pretty incredible. We did a lot of testing. There's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of me wearing, like, sensors on my helmet with, like, wires sticking down to, like, Aww. little boxes that are collecting data that I then take over to him. And we look at these uh, graphs of what's going on. We're like, okay, so it looks like you turned your head there, but it didn't do anything. Okay, cool. Like, And then we just, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. And then so months and months later, we finally have an algorithm that does exactly what we want. And uh, we've been testing it on a a few bikes and uh yeah i mean it's it's working great now yeah how many so, sensors yeah, are actually in the piece how many sensors are actually in the piece so right now we have uh, an accelerometer a gyrometer and an ambient light sensor okay and uh microcontrollers <laughs> yeah so the imu is essentially like the two sensors that are ones detecting um deceleration which is the accelerometer and then the gyrometer is basically the thing that's figuring out the head motions and it's canceling all that out and right. doing its fancy math to uh, make it all work yeah right. sweet yeah. yeah that's not yeah. something you're just going to go to radio check and pick up a couple of pieces <laughs> and put it all together and expect uh, it to work properly it's very lucky that we found Johan because there was you know the vast majority of people said no you can't do it it's, it's not worth it it's too hard you know really tough and then the one guy said I think I can do it. So that's, fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's really all you need yep. at that point is the guy to say, I can make it happen. Yep. That's yeah. cool. So how long has this process been going? How, when did you first start, start oh, working on this? I, on and off for what, three years? This, yeah, this is, yeah. We're, you know, we're working part time or working 
working on our free time and mm-hmm. kind of getting everything going. But yeah, it's been three years. That is awesome. That's fantastic. Well, we're, I'm just glad you guys are stuck with it. Yes. Because <laughs> it's something we need. Because I had, full disclosure, I have an RS Tai Chi jacket that lights up on the back, but it's got a battery pack that I'm connected to that's inside yeah. on inside pocket. Mm-hmm. So it gets rid of that. So that I don't have, yep. I have one inside pocket now, but nice. it's one of those deals where if I could have something I could bounce between me, if the queen needs something, if she's yeah. going riding mm-hmm. here, take this, yeah. please just put so, it on your helmet. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm really excited for when you guys drop this. It'll be, yeah, I, I know I'm getting at least one. Oh yeah. So I'm definitely going to be getting a pair myself, you know, between my wife and I, uh, she rides as well, and right. you know she's got she's actually got the biggest bike in the. In she the does fleet. have the biggest bike out of the fleet. But. Yeah, she's riding the Hayabusa now. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely worry about her. I'm always you know riding directly behind her just to make sure that I know that no one's gonna ram into her. It's the goofiest dichotomy yeah. between you two. She's got the Busa and you've got the Hypermotor. Yeah, like that. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I, that's the way it works. It's just but it's the way it happens. You know, seeing that, my first thought, you know, be, even before myself was, I need to get her one. Oh, yeah. But I definitely want one because I have an affliction to wearing high vis. Yeah. I, I can cannot stand the high vis yellow. Um, I understand its point. <laughs> um, so, what are your thoughts on high vis? Let me let me ask you that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of in the camp where you know we're we're essentially making a product for ourselves. You know, I, we. We both believe in visibility. I mean, I think Alex does wear a vest uh, when he rides um, after, you know, he started this whole thing. Um, I'm super against it. I mean, you know, I, again, I, I understand it works in principle. I just don't want to look like a big highlighter, you know. <laughs> right. It's, uh, well, okay, again, he is a VFR owner. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's either VFR or BMW R Series. I mean, take your pick. It's either one. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we, we love those guys. You know, oh, they yeah. have the whole air suit and it's cool. It's just, you know, it's not for everybody. Right. So we're trying to make, you know, a product that in many ways it will highlight her head to toe. Um, and you know, for those guys, they can just add our product in there. You know, it's not an either or the thing. It's, you can add this. Full disclosure though. Hang on. I'm about to blow Chris's spot up. Oh, good God. (laughs) Hang on. I'm worried. Oh, well, he does ride with this all the time. I do have a high vis. So he is high vis somehow. So don't let him lie to you. Don't get me wrong. I didn't buy the backpack because it was high vis. Yeah, you did. Shut <laughs> up. It was what was available. Just yeah, like the rusty yellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's highlighter tennis ball. Green. No, it's bright, bright ass yellow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's functional, and I got it for that reason. I can't complain when it was sent to me. So shut up. Um, that being said. <laughs> Someone must have said something. Yeah, Will, one of our one of the guys that was actually on last week's podcast, when he's like, "Great, I'm a highlighter." Yep, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Which you know, going back to the visibility, uh, I work at uh, a bike shop as well. I'm actually the assistant parts manager. I'm talking to people all the time about uh, being visible in their gear, and a lot of them are always asking, "It's like, well, what about my helmet? You know, high vis yellow helmet? That's." That's all I'm going to wear, just to be visible. Like, well, as it is right now, it helps, but your helmet's such a small point of reference. Now, something that the brake free is going to do is, with it being illuminated and it moving, especially with the rider, that's going to get someone's attention. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you know, you see how intense those lights are too. It's yeah. you know, in low light, like you know, you'll have your little reflective patches sometimes on high vis yellow stuff, but you know, in low light, you can't really see yellow either. So yeah. You know, yeah. Actual light source on there, it definitely grabs your attention. 
Right. And your your eyes are naturally attracted to something that's moving like that. Exactly. So I think it's fantastic stuff. Yeah, it's again. I'm. I know. I'm buying at least one. Right. So, um, um, do we have a release? Do you have an idea on release date yet? Like last quarter of the year, or what do you guys think? Um, right now, we on, on our Indiegogo page, we're saying April of 2018, mm-hmm. and um, we're hoping to underpromise and overdeliver. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hard to say just because making products is not a trivial thing. There's mm-hmm. things that come up. There's issues that might come up that are completely out of our control. So we feel like 12 months is uh, enough time for us to get everything going. We probably need a little bit of luck to get it uh, completely on time. But, you know, we're, we're feeling pretty confident with the April of 2018 date. Um, and typically, you know, with like most hardware projects on crowdfunding like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, they're, uh, they're usually around that 12 months mark when they do actually deliver. Right. And so, you know, that's, that's just the way it's, it, it goes with these kind of things. I would love to say that, like, you know, you can get this thing by Christmas, but chances are you probably won't. Yeah. Which well, the other big thing, too, is that, you know, we have, uh, we've got our stretch goals in there, and obviously the more, like, pre-orders we get, the more funding we get, the, the faster that development process is, right? So, you know, if, if you want your unit faster, tell your friends, share it, you know, right. get more people in there, because, uh, you know, it's definitely a, a tough process on the, on the backside, and Mm-hmm. You know, getting closer to those higher funding goals makes a lot of difference. Yeah. And uh, you just launched your uh, crowdfunding campaign, was about a week and a half ago? Yep. And, yeah. uh, I think Monday, uh, 27th. Yeah, exactly. And I think as of this morning, I saw you were at 70%. Am I correct? Almost. We're at, uh, I believe, 84% right now. That is fantastic. Uh, let me refresh the page. I've been wearing out the refresh button on my uh, laptop here. <laughs> I'm the same way on our website, but he's always him doing stuff, but it never happens, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're at 427 backers at $42,000. There you go. Yeah, because you were asking for 50, right? That's right. Man. I caught the right apart a little bit, but you guys had, that they had on right apart real quick, and yep. I was like, "Oh crap, these guys are coming on." I was like, "It's like I forgot about that." So yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that does show how how important this actually is to the motorcycle community. How needed it is. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, it's been great to see that for sure. I mean, part of me, like the pessimistic part of me was just thinking that like, it's going to launch the crickets. It's just going to be me and my mom buying a unit. And, uh, it's been a huge, thanks, huge mom. pleasant surprise to see. Yeah. Thanks mom. She bought a t-shirt. She did. Uh, <laughs> so did my sister. <laughs> Don't feel bad. My mom so made funny. one of our t-shirts. Yeah. So it's okay. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But, um, Oh, I had one and I just lost it. Shit. Well, he's trying to find himself here. Uh, So right now, uh, Break Free uh, is on Indiegogo. Yeah. That's right. Very good. So uh, everyone listening. If you're you're ever wondering, you know, we we try to drive as much to Indiegogo in the the beginning as possible. So you'll always get, you know, a better deal on Indiegogo once it goes to retail and all that stuff, um, it'll be, you know, a little bit more so even, you know, if we, we sold out of our super early bird specials, we're getting near the early bird, but it'll still, you know, there's an unlimited quantity on Indiegogo that will be cheaper mm-hmm. forever. Sweet. And uh, what is the retail uh, number you've got on one of these break-free units? So right now the retail cost is at $149. Oh, uh, that's, that's, per- that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I that's fantastic. Like- 
missing frame pack that I was like, what is he going to say? No, that's, <laughs> dude, like, I, the jacket I got with, that's got the light up in the RS Tai Chi was like 260 so, yeah. no, 140 bucks, shit, no. yeah. I mean, you can spend Hell that yeah. much on, you know, just a halfway decent pair of gloves or yeah. riding boots. Or just going out to dinner with all your buddies. Uh, getting something that's going to actually do its job and protect you on the road. Yeah. That's that's money well spent. Um, in fact, uh, our hi- favorite highlighter, Will, yeah. is uh, pre-ordering one right now. So, yeah, Will just ordered one. So, okay, so for that, for that, you know, it's awesome, man. That's, that's excellent. Yes. Um, but yeah, did you'll definitely get at least one pre-order from me as soon as I get paid. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you'll get one from me at least. If you didn't just spend money awesome. on tires. Yeah, I did just buy tires today. So. <laughs> yeah, that's important. That's important. You got yeah, tires. especially the damn tires I've got on the bike. Right yeah. I'm a, I, I street ride GPAs, unfortunately. So. <laughs> yeah. Track tires on the street. Not necessarily the best way. It's yeah, like that 45 bit me, degrees out. That bit me about a month ago. So, anyway. <laughs> Did you figure out what you're gonna ask? Which one? No. Did it come back to you? <laughs> forget it. Gone forever. It's yeah. Forget it. I'll probably remember in like three days, and I'll text him like, "Hey, ask them this." Oh, <laughs> uh, so outside of oh yeah, I just yeah. Outside of Indiegogo, uh, you got a very large presence on Instagram now. I've seen yes. that, and that's uh at Break Free Tech. Yep, yeah. that's right. Uh, get to see the helmet in action. I like the. I really like the one, the video where you uh, walk in, you take the unit off your helmet, you throw, you put it on, actually throw your helmet on the, the table, and it shuts off by itself. And then I'm going to assume that's you walking back around and grabbing it again. Yeah, that was a cool gif. I, I really enjoyed actually filming that one with our with our marketing agency. That was cool. Uh, yeah, it's got basically what it is is it's got a sleep timer, mm-hmm. and uh, if if the sensors don't sense motion for a set number of seconds, it's going to go to sleep. So it'll turn off all the electronics and, and it will conserve battery. So essentially what will happen is if you take your helmet off, you put it down, it will turn off. And when you pick it back up, it will turn back on. So it, it will conserve battery. You won't forget to turn it on or off, but you can actually physically turn it off by holding the button for uh, three seconds and it'll turn the unit off. But right now, like it is in, in sleep mode, if I pick it up, there it goes turning back on and like, there it is. And it's got the uh, battery indicator, so as soon as it wakes up, or if you turn it on, what happens is it will blink three times if it's full battery, two times if it's like two thirds battery, and <laughs> one, one blink if it's uh, if it's on its if it's dying and it needs to be charged. But if you hold it for three seconds, it'll just go ahead and power off real slow like that. Oh, that's really cool. So Will yeah. just Will ordered his, and he's throwing away all his highlighter stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, man. You got to ride this for a whole year. I love how long it goes to. <laughs> yeah, but, um, just, y'all keep going. I'll keep, did I just hear it chirp when you turned it on? No. Oh, okay. No, there's, there's no sound that it makes. Okay. Just, I, just I heard things. something. I was going to say, I was like, that, that's, a, that's way too much to engineer in there. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I'm trying to think. Don't hurt yourself. I know, it's terrible. Damn it. Um... <laughs> I don't want to go, and I'll come back to you as soon as you let it go. I know. It's awful. It's like, <laughs> I had, like, so many questions I thought I had, and now it's just gone. It's one of those things where it's like. <laughs> I know it's really early in the game, but uh, what else is up your sleeves? Where, where do you see this in five years? Man, that's a, that's that's tough to answer, man. It's like right now I don't know what's going on in a year or so. Right. Uh, 
We got, well, one of our yeah, it's, it's, uh, things that funded extra tools in there. There's all kinds of different stuff. I mean, you know, we've, we've got, you know, if you kind of scroll down the Indiegogo page a little bit, we've got some breakouts for uh, for stretch holes we've got some forward lights and big batteries and stuff um i think you know one of the big things is you know we have to start with a product that's well for you know all the homes that we all already own but uh, we would absolutely love to you know talk to some bigger helmet manufacturers that uh, you know have some quality products and talk about integrating you know doing gear backpacks or what have you um you know maybe you're doing some like action sports stuff or off-road yeah, yeah. it's all possible well, I just had, one of them came back to me. I was, sorry, my bad. One of them came back to me. It was, uh, so rude. I know, it's terrible. Um, how flexible is it? Like, um, so that's basically, you can see my screen here. So we've got the unit itself is fairly hard. And okay. then we've got kind of a little flexible skirt on it that kind of will, uh, you know, morph a little bit to the, okay. the shape of your helmet. So, um, the way we're kind of fixing the gap is that, you know, you, you put your, the attachment points on here and the skirt kind of like, hugs down to the helmet, so that's how we can kind of fit, you know, some different helmet shapes. Um, you try to another actually, like, really surprising thing about helmets is that between, like, an extra small and an extra extra large, there's actually a very small variance in the size of the actual shell. They just kind of fill the foam differently. Um, so, you know, it's, a lot of people are kind of worried about, you know, we'll fit on our helmet, and uh, the overwhelming majority is yes. You know, there's some, there's some super crazy kind of Mostly like the, the track helmets where, you know, you've got tons right. of fins and stuff coming off the back. And even right. those, we fit on most of them. You know, there might be one helmet that we can, but uh, it fits pretty much everywhere. With my look. Yeah, it'd be a Corsa or like <laughs> yeah. an X14. Um, yeah, the Corsa yeah. works. There's, uh, yes! There's, yes! Let's try it. You went to the HUD lid really, really briefly. They had you no know, big kind of feature, but, uh, you know, we can, we can figure fill, uh, fill the gap with, uh, just different mounts in there. Yeah. It's all possible. Well, I'm just, I'm thinking an idea because I'm kicking around the idea with the other partner in Crime Dallas whenever he's around. Um, he needs to just get a bike first. He, yeah, he has to get a bike, another bike first. But anyway, because it's one of those deals where stick it on the back of a bike uh-huh. and use it as a brake light. Because I'm thinking about just doing something like a track bike slash street bike that I can change. I can convert from street to track in under an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So that just, that's one of the things that just popped in my head. So I might just have to order two or three or and see if I can make it work. Or you can just pull a squid move and just put a helmet on the back seat. Dude, put it on the visor. Huh. <laughs> Mind blown. That, that's, that's great. Right. I don't know if they'll let me do that, but it'd be great. Yeah, we can't speak to the legality of that. But yeah. <laughs> and suddenly Alex and Ian signed off. Yeah, and suddenly they disappeared and the podcast is over. Holy shit. <laughs> but very cool. Yeah, and again, I know everyone's excited. Um, someone had else, someone else had just said something there. Can we pay extra for the chirp? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Just call Alex. He'll make the sound for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey. We'll put on recording and just like do a main speaker at the back of the bus. Hey, Alex, it's Will again. I'm just turning on my unit. So if you would, <laughs> <laughs> chirp, chirp. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, I'll make a custom ringtone just for him so he can play it anytime he wants. There we there go. There you go. There we go. Um, do you have anything else? Let's see. I think I've kind of exhausted. Yeah, I've pretty much exhausted everything I've got too. Um, just because I don't know enough to be dangerous with this, it kind of 
sad, actually. Because <laughs> I wish I could, be, I wish I could be like, oh, this, th- make, do this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, what color is this? I don't know what's going on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think we've already talked about it, but the met, the mounting bases, they're all magnetic. Yep. Um, imagine that's some, like, a rare earth magnet, just to get technical. Yeah. Very yes. cool. Yep. And there's kind of a little, like, male female forms that, you know, you, you're kind of fitting in there so laterally, it doesn't really move, and then you, you, know, you can only take it off one direction. So, okay. if you're right, only you hit a big old bump, you're still going to be kind of plastic against plastic, not just, you know, a magnet stuck on the sheer surface. Okay, right. cool. Okay, yeah, I was kind of worried because thinking about that with my highlighter backpack here, uh, <laughs> if I were to, you know, put Dude, my head stick back. It on that. Hit, well, I could. Yeah. You know, throw my head back and hit the top loop, it would it pop off, but, uh, <laughs> sound, sounds like you got to put a, fairly decent amount of force to remove it. Yeah, and you would have to put it, you know, directly in the direction of the, you know, of the male-female form, so, you know, unless somebody, like, punched you directly in the back of the helmet. <laughs> Maybe. Well, depending on how you're riding, Stephanie might do that. But, yeah, yeah, that's true also. So, if she's riding two up with you, because it's going to be, the only way it's going to be is on the Bosa, because she ain't going to ride two up with you on the CBR or the Hyper. Speaking of which, she's listening. She is here. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> So, uh, yep, and she laughs. Yep, well, um, because she knows it's true. She, she knows she's the, probably punched she in the, punch back, me of the, the back of the head. <laughs> um, so, gentlemen, uh, if anyone has any questions, uh, which they'll probably have lots after they get off, yeah. and listen to us. Um, can they reach you? Can they email you? Or yep. yeah, uh, what's the best way to contact you? Well, we're pretty active on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And also through email. So um, on Instagram, we're at Break Free Tech, B-R-A-K-E-F-R-E-E-T-E-C-H. I think I spelled that right. <laughs> and it's uh, the same thing on Facebook. And if you want to email me directly, it's alex at breakfreetech.com or info at breakfreetech.com. Either one would work. It goes to my inbox since it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Ian lucked out on that. He's like, I don't have to deal with the crazy people. Yes! Very wonderful. I hope that. I forward the uh, extra crazy ones to uh, it's Ian. Oh, here's a good one for you, yeah. Ian. <laughs> I can, if you don't mind smart aleck comments, I can give you mine and you can forward them to me, but I don't know how well that's going to go for your marketing plan. Right. <laughs> the design looks like a toy. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a toy. We don't care about your opinion. <laughs> Do you ride a motorcycle? Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, we're definitely going to add all that information, um, especially the Indiegogo link directly to the uh, show notes. Um, just so anyone can go directly from the show notes right to and on our website the camping and on the website and everywhere else. We're going to blow your spot up as best we can. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, because <laughs> we want to see this on everyone's helmet. Yes, I mean we really, really do. Uh, and when you guys decide to go public, let us know. That way we can get the early bird special in too. So, there you go. <laughs> well, they've already done that. Well, you, so. Ian got the joke. Damn it! Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I need to drink more monster. Yeah, you need some alcohol. I think is what you need. Caffeine, coffee, caffeine, coffee, whatever. Awesome. Um, well, I think on that note, yeah. we are going to put this to a wrap. Unless there's anything else, no, I got nothing. Say. I can't. If I think of anything else, it's going to be the most. Dumb twit dribble. <laughs> it's just going to be awful. So, so for you guys, is there any parting yeah. words of wisdom you'd like to leave our listeners? Share it with your friends and uh, 
will always be cheaper on Indiegogo. So if you're thinking about waiting, help us out. You know, the more funding we get, the quicker everybody gets their units. So get to that page and uh, tell all your friends. Yeah, definitely. I can't do it without you guys sharing and uh, spreading the yep. words. I mean, if you hear this podcast, share it with your motorcycle club or uh, forum, anywhere that you're active on, because without you guys, it's not going to exist. If you wait for this thing to appear in Cycle Gear, you know, that, that might not happen unless we get enough backers to support this project. Yeah, and you that. really don't want to deal with that company, trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Last real quick one. I had I had my buddy Woody just show up and do this. Will it work work on like the top of or the back of a half shell helmet? Because he works at Harley. He sells oh, yeah. those. Okay, cool. Yep. So yeah, Woody, it'll work. So yeah. perfect. And there's a black version as uh, one of our stretch goals, so it kind of fits a little bit more of the Harley aesthetic. Cool. There you go. So there black we go. Out. Yeah, black it out. Yes. What about we'll... the super chrome? Is there a super chrome model? Super chrome. Well, we've got the Stormtrooper with carbon and nice. the blackout version. And then our just standard old shiny stuff. That's fine. No, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm good with whatever. We're very good. Um, again, guys, we're super excited and thankful that you uh, Thank you so much, guys, us. for real. Thank we're, you. Yeah, we're incredibly happy us, to have you. Uh, we'll yeah. have you on again once you guys get more stuff. Hey, we're doing this now, too. So just let us know if you guys have anything else that comes up. Let us know. We'll have you on. Oh, yeah. Just uh, heartbeat. We'll be, yeah. Poke him. That, that's weird. Poke him. <laughs> Get off and me. eventually we'll you're actually gonna... get the tech portion on. Yeah, our we'll side. figure out a tech and do this shit right. So we're gonna be a little less uh, rat tech here. But uh, <laughs> again, Alex, Ian, you guys are doing fantastic stuff for us. Thank yes. you, thank you so much. And uh, you are the future of the industry. So. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. This is a lot of fun. Awesome. All Hang right. up for one quick second. Though. Yes, we're turning right. everything off. So here's our ugly mugs, um, guys. Thank you for joining us on this incredibly. Um, Jerry rigged, Jerry rigged episode. Um, I'm Chris the Wingman, Daniel Trackrat. If there's something you want to hear, if they, you got questions for the Break Free Tech guys, go visit them on their Facebook, or Instagram pages. Uh, shoot them emails, or you can always ask us too. Um, as usual, on Facebook.com backslash Wingman's Garage, or call us at two six two five. Go ride. You got it that time. So yeah, I was here. That I was here this week. <laughs> so guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Get out. Go ride. Go ride. Get out of here.